Hello. I felt like I have not been up here in a while. Thank you, Jarita. Thank you. Thank you for that one heartfelt. Thank you, Mom. You have to do it. If your mom doesn't yell for I mean, you have to. Michelle and I were like, we have a 19-year-old son. Wow. What's funny is that we'll never forget that day because John Dean was speaking here on a Sunday morning, and Michelle went into labor, I think, two or three weeks early. And uh, she called me from here and was like, honey, I am going into labor. And so I remember like it was yesterday, and within a few hours, Jack was born. Amen? 19, studying. Just doesn't get any better than that. In college, in another state. Almost a 21-year-old, yeah. Well, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the Word. We thank you, Lord, that it's powerful, that it's going to bring change, Father. Lord, that we are subject to change tonight. We are just honored and blessed and thankful, um, God, to have this opportunity. I just declare, Lord, that our ears are open, our hearts are open. Now, Lord, there's revelation coming forth tonight. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Thank you, Lord, that tonight's just not another night, that, Lord, uh, that you're going to show up and show out, uh, Lord, and we just thank you for it and put a, a demand upon that anointing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Miss Audrey, drop me down just a little bit. I like the fullness, but that's a little too full. There you go. Good job. So we're talking about faith. Amen? Faith, 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 faith. Everybody's faith project going well? What do you believe in God for? To sell your house. Amen. We're believing God to sell pastor's house. Can we all be in agreement that pastor's house is sold today? Say today. It's sold today for the asking price. No haggles. No hassles. No heartaches. No hangups. No hangovers. Amen. The house is sold. We call it sold today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Who else? What do you believe in God for right now? Well, when you, if, if I didn't ask, you'd have a thousand things you're believing God for. When I put you on the spot, because you think I'm going to call on you, and that's why you're like, <laughs> what do you believe in God for? Healing? 2010 vision? 2010 vision in 2019? Amen, I like that. What else? What do we believe in God for? Gonzalito. <laughs> that Gonzalito has the courage to get up there and play the drums. Amen. Yay. <laughs> Amen. God is so good, you know, faith, it's, a, it's an inexhaustible subject, amen. amen, and I love being able to go back in and restudy and relook, and God has been giving me new stuff, and it's just been wonderful to have your eyes opened up and to, to see the Word of God and to see revelation. So uh, we're going to start at the beginning, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Jonathan, any way we can ever go back to putting those scriptures up again? Okay, let's, let's start doing that again, not today, but we'll do it next week, okay? Hebrews 11, verse 1. Everybody know what it is by heart? 
Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, what I want you to recognize is that faith is not a substance of things hoped for. It is the substance. There are not multiple substances that God has provided in order, us to, for, in order for us to receive from Him. There's one substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the only substance that connects us to everything that God is and everything that God has. There is no other substitute. Any and everything that we receive from God has to be done by faith. There is no other mechanism that you will ever receive from God other than faith. There's no other way. There is no plan B. It is always by faith. Now just think about it logically. Is there anything that you can get from God without believing Him for it? How do you know that God loves you? By faith. Right? How do we know that it's God's will for Sandra to be healed tonight? By faith. By faith? I'm sorry, do we, do we see it? Do we see faith in the room? Is it something that I can point out and go, there's faith, there's faith? I can't see it, but when it is in somebody, you can see it in somebody because they have what's called the look of faith. Paul was preaching and he looked at a man, fixed his eyes on and he could tell that he was ready to be healed, that there was faith inside of him. He recognized faith. Faith recognizes faith. Does that make sense? Faith recognizes faith. So faith is not one of the many substances that God put in our lives in order for us to commune with Him, to receive blessing from Him, to do all these wonderful things. No, no, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. It says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a like precious faith. Say like precious faith. With us by the righteousness of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter was telling the church, you have the same faith that the apostles have that came from God through Jesus Christ. Did you ever think about that the faith that you're using today is the same faith that Abraham had to use all the way back in the book of Genesis? It's the exact same faith. Faith. We are having to do the exact same thing that Abraham, who is considered what? The father of our faith. Why is Abraham the father of faith? Why isn't Noah the father of faith? Why isn't Adam the father of faith? They didn't pass it on. Adam didn't pass faith on. Noah didn't pass faith on. Abraham passed it to Isaac. Isaac, see how it moved all the way down? Think about that, that right now, whatever you're believing God for, you're having to do the exact same thing that Abraham had to do in order to receive from God. He had to develop and use his faith. Everything is done by faith. Your faith, now listen, this is just so important. Your faith is the, one of the most precious things that you have. It is one of the most valuable things that you have. 
It's more valuable than gold. If somebody said, would you rather have a million dollars or faith? Take faith. If somebody said, I'll give you a whole country or faith, take faith. Faith is the most precious commodity that as a believer that we have. Because with faith, even just a little bit of faith, mustard seed faith, we can move mountains when we properly use it the way that it was created to. We were coming, uh, we were, after dinner, I was watching the news for a second, and there's this scandal with these people that all got caught bribing to get their kids into these major colleges. Amen? I mean, some people paid 15000 400000 millions of dollars because their kids weren't qualified, so they paid money into this foundation, and this guy would bribe SAT people, ACT people, he would go through the, uh, um, the sports departments. They would make up resumes. They would fake that these people were. It's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Did that money profit them? See, if faith gets you into a school, it can never be taken away from you. Whatever you get by faith can never be taken away from you. Ever. Because it was given to you. Now, all these people, even these actresses that got caught, I mean, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Some people paid like a million dollars. Folks, if your kid's not qualified enough to get into a college, there's a reason for that. It's not an accident. And if you have to bribe somebody, what are you teaching your kids? And then they showed the video of one of the girls in her dorm room, and I, you cannot make this up. Well, I don't plan on going to all my classes. I'm going to talk to my deans. I'm really here for the game day life and the parties and stuff. We'll let everything happen. Your parents just bribed somebody a million dollars to get you into this school, and you don't even care. You don't value it. It's not precious to you. Now, this is personal for me because I have two kids in college right now. It's very personal. They're studying. We're believing God. And you know what? When they leave Oral Roberts University after their four years with a diploma, they're going to have earned every moment of it. Right? Right, Lauren? Right? Baylor grad? It's crazy. Your faith can open doors that money can't. Your faith can put you next to people that your money can't. Your faith can open doors, put you all over the world. It can take you any and everywhere. It can get you into places that no person has ever got to before. It can get you things before anybody else gets them. It is the most precious thing that we have, and we should treat it like that. Amen? What's something that's precious to you? Do you have something like an heirloom or something that's precious to you? Maybe something that was passed down to you. Maybe it doesn't have a lot of value to it. But it's because who gave it to you? That's why faith is so precious. Because faith is a heavenly substance. It's not from the earth. It is a portion of God himself. God gives us a portion of his faith and puts it in us. And it is precious. Think about that, that right now, that by faith, you have a heavenly substance that's inside of you. You have something from outside of this world. Supernatural. Kind of makes life should be a little bit more exciting then, shouldn't it? If I'm running around with the supernatural inside of me, there should be more going on. Amen? Why isn't it? 
because maybe we're not recognizing the gift, the great gift that's within us, which is faith. Do you know with faith, you can go anywhere and do anything by faith? You can travel the world. You can write books. You can produce movies. You can travel. You can sing. You can do whatever. You can pioneer. You can invent. There's so many things because faith, like God, is creative. Faith helps us create. So maybe you've kicked around this thought of this thing that you want to make or this song you want to write or this book you want to write. But you know, it's kind of just like this little scratching and a little rumbling. No, no, that's your faith inside of you saying, if you just put pen to paper, I'll kick in and help you do the rest. But by faith. Amen? Say, faith is a heavenly substance. Faith is a heavenly substance. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. So Jesus is the author, he's the originator, he's the founder, and he's the leader of faith. If Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, what's an author do? He begins it, right? He's the author of it. So where did Jesus author our faith? In heaven. He's the author of our faith. So Jesus is the beginner. He's the leader. How many of you like in grade school, elementary school, kindergarten, who's the line leader? Do people still fight on being the line leader? Is that a big deal for kids to be the line leader? Yes, absolutely it is. Jesus was our line leader. He was the first one. He's the one that took faith and then turned around and passed it down and passed it down and passed it down. The first in a long procession, a file leader who pioneers the ways for many more to follow. Jesus was the pioneer of our faith. He pioneered it. You know, the old Western shows where they load up the, the, the wagon and they head out west, you know. They were pioneers. Jesus was our pioneer of our faith. He was the first one. He went the farthest. He originated. He started it. He led it. And then he turned around and he passed it right back down the line to us. Say this. I have the same faith as Jesus. That's a big statement. You believe it? You do. Each and every one of us, we have the same faith that Jesus had. Jesus, everything that he did, he did as a man, and he did by faith. But he did it under the old covenant. We have every advantage. We have the Bible. We have air conditioning. We have YouTube. We have all of these wonderful things for us to get around the Word and to get the Word in us. I mean, there's books and e-books, and we're surrounded by the Word. Amen. Jesus just got it from God, and He acted on what He saw, and He did what His Father did, and He produced great faith. Amen. Raise the dead type of faith. Jesus never came across something and went, oop, don't feel ready, really prayed up for that. He was always ready. He was always full. He'd always prayed. He'd always fasted. He was always ready. Amen? Amen. 
Your faith is precious. We should treat it the same way. It says that he's also the finisher of our faith. Excuse me. And the finisher, he's the perfecter. He's the completer of our faith. A, um, boy, when you can't read your own writing. A consummator, bringing a process to its finish. Jesus, the one bringing the life of faith to its complete conclusion. So Jesus started our faith in heaven, and Jesus is going to end our faith in heaven. You see the circle? He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. So as we're learning to walk and live by faith, he doesn't just throw you out there and say, hey, go figure it out. No, no, Jesus is that finisher. He's the perfecter. He's the completer. He walks alongside us and he shows us how to do this one step at a time. A lot of times, and and this is the church today, not just our church, but I'm saying the church at large, we get fooled into thinking that we have to go to some big event, have hands laid on us, or have this wonderful experience, and that's where a growth in me is going to take place. Like that's the beginning of something, that that's going to finish something in me that's going to bring me the healing and the deliverance and all that I need. And those are wonderful and good things, but your faith is only going to be built in your daily routine. Your success or your failure is in in what you do on a daily basis when no one else is watching. Your faith doesn't grow when I go to a big event and have hands laid on me. Your faith grows when you get up every morning, say every morning, and you open up that Word of God, and you read the Word of God, and you study the Word of God, and you meditate the Word of God. And you don't just do it for a few minutes, it becomes a lifestyle to you. When you have a lifestyle of spending time in the Word, your faith cannot help but grow. Just like going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. You can lift heavy weights whether you're tired or whether you're awake, but if you lift them long enough, you will grow. It is impossible not to. Amen? So it's not coming to a big event. It's not who lays hands on me. I worked for Dr. Savell for a number of years. Michelle and I did. We've been with Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, Oral Roberts. Been with them all. And it's so funny how people would think that if they could only have one of those people lay hands on them, then there everything would be okay. Now, there are times where that worked, where they had enough faith to believe God, and they got what they were believing for. But we totally miss it when we start saying, if I can just wait and have that one person. No, no, no. We can have everything we've ever needed or wanted if we will take the time to spend time in the book for ourselves and find out what is God's will for me. Amen? God is showing me things in the Word every day. Every day. But you know what? I'm going in looking. The books, the Bible is just not a book that I read like the Reader's Digest. Oh, okay, well, I read two chapters today. I did my reading. No, no, it is something that you go into that it's alive. It's a document. It's producing a spiritual energy that comes inside of us that's producing this power for us to believe God for more and more and more. We should be growing every day. But every day it's just a little bit of growth, a little bit of growth, a little bit of growth. How many of us are better off than we were this time last year? Well, why is that? Are you just lucky? Did you bribe somebody at a school to get your kids in? Is that what you did? (laughs) I'm going to have fun with that one for a while. I'm sorry. But why is that? 
Why are you better off this year than you were last year? Why are you better off now than you were five years ago? Why are you better off now than you were 10 years ago? Why? Because you've grown, because you've spent time in the Word, and we've taken all of this stuff that was inside of us, and we've laid it on the altar, and we've let the Word do its work. It renews our mind. It changes the way that we think. It scrubs out some of those deep things that we've had inside of us since we were very, very young. Amen? We've taken the time. We've put ourselves under. We've let our flesh. How many of you have had your flesh crucified recently? Oh, my gosh. No fun. But it's good for you, isn't it? Amen? It's healthy for us. So, our faith. Say faith. Faith is a heavenly substance God graces to me with at salvation. Amen? So faith begins in heaven, faith ends in heaven. And when we get born again, now there's many different types of faith, but for tonight, for conversation's sake, I'm not talking about saving faith. I'm talking about the measure of faith that each one of us gets when we get born again. Saving faith is the faith, it's like the essence of God that was in us as our creator. Someone preaches the gospel to us. No one can get saved unless the gospel is preached. You got to have something to connect to. Faith connects. Amen. No one got saved by reading a, a, a horror novel. Right? Because there was nothing of faith to connect to. But when somebody came to you and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ and shared the good news of Jesus Christ, that essence that was in you, saving faith, grabbed on and connected and believed what you were told. And when you acted on it, you made a confession. And that confession is, is Jesus come into my life, make me, I make you my Lord, make my Savior. You are instantly and wonderfully born again. Amen? Now you get this wonderful thing called the measure of faith, which each one of us gets. And we're going to look at that here in a second. That faith is the one that's like a muscle. It's the one that now I have to use. It's how I live in the earth. It's how I receive from God. It's how all the blessings are given to me or or transported to, to me. It's how everything from God comes and goes. It's how I develop that type of faith that I have. It's believing God. I'm using my faith. God wants every part of our lives to be infused with faith. Like I said before, anything that you get by faith, no one can take away from you. These parents that paid all this money for these kids to go to school, it's all going to be taken away from them. All the money in the world could not hold them or protect them from the federal government, who, by the way, had been watching since 2011. I mean, they got them. I mean, they got them. I mean, they got them. You know what I mean? When the federal government takes eight years to build a case, oh, they've got you good. They've got you really, really good. Amen? And all that, all their degrees, everything that they've done in the schools, everything that those kids have been involved with, everything that money they thought that they could get away with is now being taken away from them. Why? Because it wasn't a faith. Some of them can go to jail. Can you imagine? What are you in for? I bribed to get my kids into college. Ooh. (laughs) That's like pirating cable. (laughs) Oh, you're a gangster. Wow. Sorry. But whatever you believe God for, if you believe God for a house, guess what? If you, God does it for you debt-free, it can't be taken from you because you did it by faith. That's why it's important for us to be debt-free and to own everything that we have. It can't be taken from you. This church can never be taken from us. Why is that? 
because it was paid for by faith and it's debt free. No one can come in and take it from us. So those things that we don't own can be taken from us. Amen. That's why it's so important for us to be wise about what we own. Amen. God wants us to be debt free. But how do we become debt free? By faith. Amen. Romans 12, 3. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And as I said before, this is not saving faith. This is our faith to receive and exercise the gifts God's apportions to us. This is our, our living faith. Amen? Living faith. So when I'm using my living faith, that means I'm using faith for my protection. Amen? Do you think we need to be protected in this day and age? Our group that went to Israel? Amen? Use your faith? Amen? To be protected over there? You know what? When you're in the will of God, you're in the safest place you're ever going to be. You can be outside. I would rather be in the will of God in the worst, most dangerous, disease-infested, terrorist-ridden, whatever, than be in the safest, most well-protected place outside of the will of God. Because I'm safer in the will of God than I am out of it. Amen? That's why it's so important for us to be in the will of God. And so our faith, when we believe God for His protection, we should be appropriating Psalm 91 every day. I'm listening to some CDs from Gloria Copeland, and they must have been from a long time ago because she sounds really, really young. But it's all about appropriating the 91st song, Faith for Protection. Amen? We need to be appropriating the 91st song. Well, how do I do that? By faith. If I've never read the 91st Psalm, how do I appropriate it when I need it? I can't. I've got to put it in there so that God has something to work with. Amen? Faith for healing. It's God's blessing. It's God's will for each and every one of us to walk in health. Right? Not just going from sickness to sickness, from cold to flu, etc., etc. No, no, no. Walking in the blessing. Walking in divine health. It's God's will for you to prosper. Not so that I can go squander it and pay millions of dollars and bribe people to get my kids into school. What's the, what's the purpose of wealth? I am blessed. Say this. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I am blessed to be a blessing. I'm a blessing. There are orphanages inside of me. There are hospitals inside of me. Amen? There are all kinds of these God things. There are churches. There are airplanes. There are buildings, there are all kinds of things that are inside of me because once I get blessed, then I bless. Amen? I'm not blessed so that I can save up and hoard riches. Amen? God's not a hoarder. Amen? He just gets it in and gets it out. I went to see Pastor Tracy um, last Thursday? Two Thursdays. I've seen him the last two Thursdays. I went to Texarkana two weeks ago and he did a Thursday night service. And he brought up a guy that Michelle and I knew from Bible school. And uh, this man had had a vision when he was in Kenya, and he saw the river of life. The river of life. He was asleep. He started having this vision. He woke up, and the vision continued. And he said, in this vision, in this river of life, he saw all of these things. He saw money. He saw cars. He saw computer equipment. 
He saw body parts. He saw any and everything anyone would ever need. River of life flowing from God. How do I appropriate what I need out of the river of life? By faith. Think about it, guys. Everything that, you've, that you're ever going to need is already here. God does not have to go make something for you. It's already here. Remember what Pastor Brian said a couple of weeks ago? God's already done everything he's going to do about your prosperity. He has. He's done everything he's going to do. Where's all the money? But is it in heaven? Is it, where is it? Did you ever think about this? Remember when we went into Iraq or, or Desert Storm or whatever and went into Baghdad? And they found like barrels of like $50 million and stuff that Saddam Hussein, you know, there were like millions and billions of dollars. Do you know that nobody in the United States was ever like, I wonder what happened to that money? There's so much money, no one even missed that there's $50 million buried in barrels because there's so much. And here we are trying to get by to get our rent paid. And they got $50 million buried in barrels in a desert, and no one even misses it because there's so much. We got to raise our level. We got to get We got to up our game. Amen. Let's not believe God just to get by. Let's not just believe God to get from paycheck to paycheck. Let's not just believe God. No, no. Let's believe God to be the sons and daughters that he created us to be because we're the ones that know how to handle the wealth. I'm not going to squander it on my flesh. I got vision of what God wants us to do with finances. And the blessing is not all money. It's peace. Amen. It's, it's being free from um, depression. The, the blessing is walking in the fullness of who God is. But the only way that you can access the blessing is by faith. I can bless you, I can bless you, and I can bless you. But if you don't believe it, you're like, do you have your kids? Like, you have one kid and you tell them one thing, and they're like, oh, man, yeah, I get that. Thank you so much. Man, then you got that other kid. Are you sure? Do you really? Yes! I... Do you love? Yes, yes. Do you really mean that? Yes! Almost you have to talk them into the believing you. Amen? Just believe. Amen? Say, just believe. believe. Just believe that it's God's will for you, that God has a wonderful life for us, but the only way that we're ever going to get to it or through it is by faith. And it's just believing. We have to believe that God wants you to prosper. You have to believe that you're not here just some boring, mundane life, that I was in an accident, oh, that I, if I, did I, we were, here's what we do. How many of us just endure life? I just endure it. Amen? All right, you're a kindergarten teacher. You're allowed to say that, Lauren. <laughs> Come on, be honest. How many of you just have those times right now where you just feel like, man, I'm not living life. I'm just enduring it. I'm just getting, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to get through this day. Well, that's really not the stance of faith. Amen? By faith is what I'm going to do to believe God to kick into my high calling or what he's called me to do. I think a lot of us are frustrated because we're not doing what we were created to do. We've done things, and sometimes even for the right reasons, but we've been pulled away from our high calling, which each one of us has a high calling. Amen? Each and every one of us in this room has a high calling that God has put in our lives. The closer you get to that high calling, the more you're going to prosper because now you're more in his will. 
The farther you get away from his high calling, the less you're going to prosper because you're getting the farther away from his will. His will for you is his high calling, and that's what he's gifted you, and that's what he's anointed you to do. Some of you are business leaders. Some of you are authors. Some of you are intercessors. Some of you are givers. Some of you are to be operating more and more and more in the gifts of the Spirit. Some of you are ministers. Amen. Some of you are children's workers. I was seeing if I could just get a couple of amens off of that one. I'm going to go, honey, she said it, she said it, she said it. Amen. But when the closer we get to our high calling, the more you're going to prosper. Amen. Because that's, your, that's, that's the will of God for your life. So faith is in two places. It's in heaven and in me. Amen. Say faith is in two places. It's in heaven and it's in me. So there's a heavenly substance in heaven and there's a heavenly substance in me. There's a heavenly substance in heaven and a heavenly substance in me. Say, I'm supernatural. This is why Hebrews 11.6 is so important. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of him who diligently seeks him. Why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because there's no other way to come to him except faith. You have to believe. And did you notice that he's a rewarder of them who does what? Diligently seeks him. Amen. I am diligently seeking God. Believing just that he exists. I mean, he sets the bar really, really low. How many of us believe God exists? Amen? What are our corresponding actions? We live like it. Amen? It's one thing to say God exists. It's another thing to have corresponding actions. I want to live as if he exists. Amen? I want my conduct to match the calling that he's put onto my life. That's how you know who's really saved. If they say that they're saved, but they don't live a saved life, then I would question whether they were saved or not. Because our conduct has to match the calling. There should be a change. Amen? Thank you, Lord. There is no other way to connect to God or the things of God but faith. Faith is the fastest way. Say that with me. Faith is, faith is the, fastest the fastest way. For you to receive, for you to believe God for something is the fastest way for you to get it. It really is. Now, you can say, all right, let's believe God for a car. I have a choice. I can either say that car is going to be $20,000, and I can sow a seed. Amen. First, we pray and we ask God, Lord, I want to sow a seed towards this car. I found out Jeannie Sanchez, she's believing God for a car. So I take $1,000, and I sow it into Jeannie Sanchez. Because I'm, I'm, if I want a car, I want, you know, every seed produces after its own kind. Amen. So I, if I want a car, then I want to plant car seed. So I plant that seed at the Sanchez family, amen, and I believe God. Well, what if it takes a year? Okay, so if you were to take that car and finance it, how many payments would you make in a year? Would it be paid off? No. What if I waited two years? What if I waited three years? It's going to take three to five years before I can pay that car off and then by that time it's depreciated, where had I just believed God and maybe it takes a year, maybe it takes six months, maybe it doesn't at all. 
You see what I'm saying? It's faster than me going and financing that vehicle. Now, you have to be led about how you're supposed to do these types of things. Amen? You need to have a word from God. And you need to have wisdom about how you do it. Amen? If we're believing God for a vehicle, then, you know, I, I, I thoroughly believe you need to take care of the one that you have. And you need to be very, very um, attentive to what God tells you to do and how he tells you to do it. But there are people in this room that are believing God for vehicles right now. And they've sowed seed and they're standing in faith. And they're not going to move until they receive that car. Amen. And there are people, where's June? June got a car. She's not in here right now, but June believed God for a car. She got a car. She got the car that she wanted. So does God like June more than she likes you? Is God a respecter of persons? What do we say? Next. I'm next. Amen. Does God care if you have a nice car? No. He doesn't care what kind of car you drive. He absolutely makes no difference. God doesn't care what kind of house you live in, the clothes you wear, or the car you drive. He wants the best for you, but he loves you just the same. As long as you use your faith to get it, he's totally fine with it. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Everybody good? Faith is a spiritual magnet that draws everything from God to me. So when we said that faith is a heavenly substance... There's a heavenly substance. There's an earthly substance. It's like two magnets. They are constantly drawing things to me. Amen? When I am learning to walk and live by faith, when I am feeding my faith, when I get to a place and it takes a little while to do it, it's not an overnight thing, where all of a sudden I have things that are just coming. Why is that? Because they're attracted. Because my faith is pulling what I'm believing towards me wherever I go. You ever play with magnets when you're a kid? You see how far you can get that magnet away and it still has the polarity, it'll still pull it or whatever? What happens when you flip that magnet around? It shoots them across. Well, that's fear. Amen? Fear is going to repel everything that's good, but at the same time, it's going to draw that thing that I fear the most towards me. Faith is going to bring all the blessings. Fear is going to bring what I fear the most. Worry, you cannot worry and be in faith at the same time. I've tried. It doesn't work. No bueno por nada, as my dad would say. It doesn't work. You cannot be in faith and in worry at the same time. We get tempted with doubt sometimes, amen, which I think is normal in the faith process because of our human reason and our mind. We're thinking, Lord, why is this taking so long? Why isn't it happening? We have to get those words out of our vocabulary when it comes to faith. Faith is now. I am always believing and thanking God and believing that I receive what I've asked for now in Jesus' name. Amen? It's always, always, always now. Deuteronomy 28.2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Proverbs 28.2. And all, say all, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. No blessing or promise comes on us by accident. Amen? No promises or blessings from God. We do not have the, what are they called, the, the blind squirrel technique. You know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. That's not how it works in the things of God. Everything with God is done purposefully, amen, and in order. 
And so what I'm, I'm not going to accidentally fall into prosperity. Prosperity is not the lottery system in heaven. Okay, it's Robin's turn today. All right, she gets to be prosperous today. And let me say this most importantly. There are no shortcuts to faith. There are no shortcuts. Once again, I'm going to go back to this group of people that bribed to get their kids into college. I might have a field day with this. They took a shortcut. Amen? Their children were not qualified. Doesn't mean they weren't good kids. Doesn't mean they didn't try hard. But by their own admission, they were not qualified to be in the schools in which they were allowed into. Which kept out kids that were. You know, that's the reverse side of that. It's not just what they did to get in. It's we all know how hard it is to get your kids into college. We all know it shouldn't be that hard what we have to go through to get our kids in college. My wife's got a PhD in getting kids into college. Amen. And we put them both in the same place and said, four years and you're done. Amen. But there are no shortcuts to faith. Amen. There's no shortcuts to prosperity. There's no shortcuts to healing. Each and every one of us, every apostle, every disciple, anybody in the whole Bible had to do it the exact same way. They had to spend time in the book or with the Lord. They had to renew their minds and they had to believe. And when they had to get to the point where they could make this statement, it says, and they reasoned that God was able. You have to get to the point in whatever you're believing for where you can, when you can honestly say, I don't care what happens. I am so steadfast in my belief of what God said He was going to do for me in this area concerning my children, concerning my finances, concerning my church, that even if this thing dies, even if it blows up, even if they don't even have that program anymore, God will bring it back to life for me. God doesn't do it for a church. He does it for an individual. God will do it for you. And you have to make it personal like that. God's going to do this for me because I'm standing on his word. But what's, that in, what, what's, what's our part of it? I have to make the most of each day. Amen? I can't be start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. It's got to be, it's the consistently, it's a, it's a consistency. You know, that's, we're supposed to be disciples. Amen? We're supposed to be disciplined ones. And a disciplined person doesn't take, see, Satan doesn't take any time off. Satan never takes a moment off. He works 24-7. Why in the world do we think that we can take time off? Do you think his attacks are going to get any less? He never takes any time off. He is constantly there. He is constantly looking for a way as a lion, crouching to see how he can get around us and how he can attack us. So we can't afford. I can't afford to take time off. I've got to constantly keep myself in a place of faith. And the only way to do that is to spend quality time in His Word. Amen? Can you give me a few more minutes? Amen. Say this. I am, I am. A, blessing a blessing magnet. I'm a blessing magnet. Anywhere I go, blessings come upon me and overtake me. Amen? Everywhere I go, blessings come upon me and overtake me. Even in places where they don't know me, they love me. Because I'm a blessing magnet. Now, the preaching and teaching I listen to must be full of faith or I have nothing to connect to. 
It is very, very important for us, whatever you're listening to, whatever preaching, whatever teaching, make sure that it has faith in it. Because if it doesn't have any faith, you have nothing to connect to. It's a good talk. It's a good message. It was a good word. But did you leave this service? My prayer tonight is that you're going to leave here with something. You connected with something that was said, and it helped build your faith. You got a scripture, you got a word, you got something that's now maybe making you a little curious about something. Maybe you're going to go back and study that out now. Amen? Each one of us should have our set of scriptures. You should always have a notepad and a pen nearby. Because God will speak to you or you'll get a scripture or you'll get something. And here's what we do. Oh, I'll remember that when I get home. Zip! And it's gone. So I'm big about big yellow tab. I like yellow pads. And I have them all over my office and all that. And I have different ones for different things. And it's just constantly writing down different scriptures, little notes and things like that to help remind me um, of what God said and for things that he taught me. Hebrews 4.2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Why does some person sit in a room, hear a word of faith, and their life is totally changed? The other person sitting right next to them hears the same message and it bores them to sleep. Because one mixed their faith with it and one didn't. When the word's being preached, it's your choice as to what you get out of it. If you will mix your faith, remember that magnet? Faith is a heavenly substance. There's a substance in me. When I mix that faith, I connect with what's being said. It'll bring change and revelation in my life. If I choose not to listen... If I choose not to take notes, if I choose to do everything else except connect with what's being said, we have to really focus on focusing. You know what I mean? Because really what happens for most of us, we're so used to having a screen in front of us. This is one of the only places where you can't do that. And this is one of the only places where people's minds will finally go a little bit at rest. You're like, huh. And they fall asleep. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Amen. Y'all did good tonight. Let's stand up. Romans ten seventeen. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. If you want a strong faith life, hear the word and do the word. Amen. Hear the word and do the word. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word that it brings change to us. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. We seal it. We thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you for spring break. And thank you for your divine safety that's over us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday.